and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Faith. This is a different message, a different series. I know faith can feel a little bit like... uh, if you want to have, see God move, you got to have faith. It can feel a little bit like this, God's my genie in a bottle. And I want to tell you, God is anything but your genie in the bottle. But I do believe if you have faith, as the Bible says, you can move mountains. I believe that. So for some of you, you're going to say, Pastor Chad, you've went off your rocker. But I hope that maybe, just maybe, as we go through this message and through this series, you begin to realize that as Christians, we have rights that are ours because of Jesus. And we don't have to live below the spiritual poverty line without faith. We can move mountains. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, this is Jesus speaking here. Listen to what he says. According to your faith, whose faith? Whose faith? Mine. According to your faith, it will be done to you. This is one of the most challenging verses in the Bible to me because it tells me that the level of faith that I have is my choice. What I see God do in my life, honestly, is my choice. You say, Pastor Chad, that's wrong. No, that's not wrong because the Bible tells us according to your faith, and I try, and I looked this up in every commentary and dug deep into this because I was thinking there's got to be a twist, there's got to be a word that I'm not catching right. But no, it's exactly what it means. The level of faith that you have is what will be done to you. So if you have a lot of faith, listen to me, God's going to do a lot of things in your life. If you have oh, just a little bit of faith, guess what? God's going to do a, a few things in your life. If you have no faith, Nothing's going to happen. According to your faith, it will be done to you. So the question then that we have to ask is, how do I get more faith? How do I increase my faith? How do I grow my faith? How do I have mountain-moving faith? Because I believe every believer at salvation is given a measure of faith. I believe that. I believe every one of us have a little bit of faith. But I believe, even as scripture tells us, that our faith has to be growing. Faith is as a mustard seed. Mustard seed is a, is a small seed, but it is a growing. As it begins to blossom, it begins to grow. So my faith can't stay small. I can't just have that measure of faith and say, I've got it. No, my faith has to grow. So how do I grow my faith? How do I increase my faith? Well, I believe the answer is real simple. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So I believe the answer to how I increase my faith is found right here in this book, the Bible. That for many of us, it's nothing more than something that sits on a table or is left in a room to collect dust. How do I increase my faith? I gotta get in this word. I gotta hide it in my heart. I gotta read the word, but not only do I wanna read the word, I wanna hear the word. So how do we hear the word? Well, obviously, we, we faithfully attend church. But not only do we faithfully attend church, I, need the, I believe we need to get cl- plugged into life groups. We're launching those soon. But not only that, I believe we need, could, we could, in our car, we can listen to the word in our car. 
I believe we can listen to Christian podcasts. How do we get more faith? I believe it all starts with the word. It has to start with the word. The word of God is where my faith grows. The word, of, the word of God is where God speaks to me and tells me what it wants to do in my life. If I don't hear, if I don't read what he wants to do in my life, how am I going to have faith? If all you do is come to Sunday mornings and that's the only time you hear God's word, listen to me, you're going to have a little bit of faith. And you're going to struggle, and every time winds blow, and every time storms come your way, if all you do is have a once a month Sunday morning experience with the Lord, let me just tell you, you're going to have no faith, and your boat is going to be rocked. So how do we increase our faith? We need to hear it. We need to read it. We need to be in the Word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, this isn't really known as a faith scripture But I just tell you, this is one of the greatest ways we can receive faith. Listen to it. Deuteronomy 6. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you, and then get them inside your children. What increases our faith when we get the word of God in us? And then listen to what it says. And then talk about them. Talk about the word wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about it from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go down at night. How do I increase my faith? I've got to get the word of God in me, and I've got to get the word of God in my mind and in my heart, inside me, all around me. I need the word of God. So what is faith? I increase my faith by getting in the word. What is faith? Well, if I had to summarize summarize what I believe faith is, I believe we have to go to Hebrews chapter 11. That's what scripture tells us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Listen to what it says. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, listen, is the faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Faith is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. Listen to me. You want to be above the crowd? You want to be somebody that God talks about, that honors God? Increase your faith. Another translation says it this way. Faith is the confident assurance. This is from the Living Bible. Faith is the confident assurance. Skip ahead. It says, it is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. What is faith? I believe that faith is our firm foundation. I believe that faith is our confident assurance. I believe that faith is expecting the best. So let me explain. Pastor Chad I don't, I don't track with you when you're saying faith is expecting the best. I, I, I just, I'm not sure. Let me just say, when I'm talking about faith is expecting the best, I'm not talking about wishful thinking. Like I hope I don't have any problems in my life because of my faith. Or if I have faith, I'll get everything I've ever asked for because God is my genie in the bottle. Can I just tell you, even if you have faith, And even if you expect the best, you will have troubles. And if you have faith, and if you expect the best, listen to me. God is not going to give you everything you ask for like he is your genie in the bottle. That's not not faith. (laughs) 
Having faith in God, expecting the best from God is also not saying, I believe everything is going to go just the way I planned it. How many of you have faith and everything doesn't go the way you plan? If you believe that because you have faith and you expect the best, everything's going to way that you planned, that's not faith. That's called being naive. So what am I talking about when I say having faith is expecting the best? Hebrews eleven six again. Let me read it. This from the Living Bible. It says this. It is confident assurance that something we want. And then it said it's going to happen. But let me just kind of just, let me throw a disclaimer out there. This is not saying that I dream of one day having a mansion in Italy. And because I have faith, it's going to happen. No, that's not what the Bible's saying. It's not what he's saying. I don't want anybody to walk away from here with that teaching. That's not what we teach. That's not what I believe. But I do believe that when I have faith and that my will and my wishes align with God's will, what's God's will? That you would be healthy and that you'd walk in wholeness. What's God's will? That every single one of your family members would be saved. What's God's will? That you would be blessed and that you would prosper and that you'd be blessed when you go out and blessed when you come in. That's God's will. You can see God's will for your life in the word. So what's, so what's that mean? When my wishes begin to line up with God's will for my life according to his word, and I have faith in that, it's going to happen. I believe that with everything in me. I believe God doesn't want us to be sick. Yes, there's a point in time when a man wants to die. I believe that with everything in me. But I do believe that God's will is that we walk in health. I believe it's God's will that your family members are saved. So when I believe that, and when I line my will up and God's will up together, I believe it's going to happen. It's the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though I can't see it up ahead. Okay, Pastor Chad, I want to have confidence and assurance in God. But man, how can I have confidence? How can I have faith? How can I expect the best when life is full of headaches? How can I expect the best when life is throwing me so many curves? And and I, I would say, great question. And I believe the Bible is full of stories that talk to this mindset, this having faith even in the midst of storms. We see that over and over in Scripture. But there's one story that I really believe that speaks to this. It's the story of David and Goliath. Most of us in this room, we probably know the story of David and Goliath. We've heard it. We've read it. But I just want to recap it for you just a moment. We, the story of David and Goliath is kind of like this. The Israelite army the, who David was a part of, David wasn't really a part of the army. He was just a boy that was forgotten on the backside of the desert taking care of his dad's sheep. But the Israelite army is going against the Philistines. Well, the Philistines had a giant by the name of Goliath. And this giant has the entire army of Israel intimidated. Think about that. One man intimidating an entire army. So much so that every time this giant would come out, they're cowering and they're hiding in corners. Goliath would step out every day and he would challenge and he would taunt. He would taunt God, he would taunt Israel, he would taunt the army. And he would say, give me a man, any man to come and fight me. Give me one man, give me 10 men. I don't care, let's just, let's just go to battle. And every day, the army would run and hide. And one day, this little boy, David, who wasn't supposed to be there, happens to be delivering his brothers some bread and cheese. And he hears it. He hears this giant taunting. 
And let me just say something to you. As I was studying, I just felt the Lord just kind of whisper something into my heart this week as I was studying this message. David hears the enemy taunting his God and his nation. David was not supposed to be there, but his faith caused him to do something. Let me just tell somebody in this room, I really believe some teenagers, some moms that listen to me, some of you are going to begin to find yourself in some places where you don't feel like you belong. You're going to find yourself in some places where people are maybe at a different level than you financially or whatever, and you're going to find yourself in the room, and you're going to find yourself, why am I in this room? Why, I, why am I even here? Why am I sitting here? I believe it's because God is getting ready to take some of us as believers on special assignments, and he's going to begin to put us in places where we hear things that strike a chord in our heart that are contrary to the word of God, and our faith is going to rise up, and God is going to use us to change atmosphere. God is going to use us to change cities. God is going to use us to change places of work. God is going to use us, if we will allow him, listen to me, to change schools. Why? Because of our faith. Because of our faith. The Bible tells us the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. So I just want to challenge somebody today. Like David, when you hear a giant taunting your faith, be ready for God to rise up something inside of you and you make a difference. So David hears it and he says, this can't be. I'm not going to let this stand. And he's like, I'll fight him and I'll kill him. Why do you think David said, I'll fight him and I'll kill him? Do you think David had confidence in his own ability? No, David knew that his God was on his side. And let me just tell you, you can walk up against any situation in life, and if you've got God on your side, you can expect God to do his best for you. Let me say that again. You can walk into any situation, COVID, cancer, financial ruin, marital ruin, whatever it might be, you can walk into any situation, and the doctors can say there's no hope. But when God is on your side, you can have faith, and you can expect the best. Come on. So from this story, I see three things. I'm going to give you these three things real quickly, and then I want to kind of close it by giving you four things to how to increase your faith. But from this story, we can see three things about our faith and expecting the best. Listen to me, when you have faith or when you expect the best, number one, it honors God. When you have faith, and when you expect the best, it honors God. There's something about having faith that says something about what and who you think your God is. Let me say it this way. The size of the God in your heart determines your level of faith. How big you see your God is how big your faith is. Let me say it again. How big you see your God is how big you think your faith is. Let me just tell you, when you have big expectations of God in this life, and when you dream big, listen to me, somebody in this room needs to begin to dream about things that God, some of you in this room today, and I'm going to go in the dark, and we're going to walk off script for just a minute, so let's go this way. But anyway, some of you in this room, listen to me, you've got some dreams that God has put in your heart, and some things that God wants to do in your life, some things that God wants to make happen, but your faith is so small that you can't see that God would do it. Listen to me, dream big, have big expectations in God 
God. And the bigger you dream, the more you dream, the, the more it honors God. Some of us, we never honor God with our faith and we keep living in our small little place of existence because we think that's all that we have in this life. But the more I dream, the more I believe God, the more it honors God. Listen to what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 17 in this story. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down. What's David doing here? He's expecting the best. This day, I'm going to strike you down. But why? So that David can get glory? No. Listen to what it says. And the whole world will know that there is a God. Listen to me. When you expect the best and when you have faith, it honors God. It moves mountains and it brings God glory. Why do you think God wants to heal your body? Why do you think God wants to save your family? Why do you think God wants to give you a miracle and a testimony? So you can walk away and say, look how much God loves me. Yes, that's part of it. But no, how much it honors God. I wonder today, let me ask you guys a question. How much is your faith honoring God? How much is your faith bringing honor to God? William Carey, a missionary, his life was forever changed. And he had this motto, this creed that he lived his life by. And I want this to be a motto and a creed that I live my life by. But listen to what he says. When you expect great things from God, you can attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God, attempt great things from God. Let me ask you again, is your faith bringing honor to God? Number two, second thing you can experience when you expect the best is it increases your ability in life. And I don't know if some of you are like, Pastor Chad, you're going out on a limb here. Let me, just, let me just say something to you. Let's be honest. David was no match for Goliath. Goliath is nine feet tall, full of armor, no weakness. David's a little boy with a slingshot and a few rocks. Who are you putting your money on? I'm putting my money on Goliath. David was outmatched, outgunned, all of it. Yet David had something on his side that Goliath didn't. What David have? David had faith in his God. Listen to me, when you have faith in your God, it increases your ability in life. David wasn't going into this battle trusting in his own abilities. He wasn't going into this, I got a rock, I can handle this. No, he's going in knowing, hey, all I have is a rock. But listen to me, faith, here's what faith is. Faith is taking what, your hand, what you have in your hand and saying, it's not much, but God, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to expect the best out of it. And so David takes this slingshot and a little stone and he says, this giant is coming against my God and it's defaming my God and I'm going to bring honor to my God by stepping out in faith and some of us, if we would just use what God has put in our hands, it would bring some honor to God. Hello, anybody hearing me? Told you I've had a while with this brewing inside me. But David's faith increased David's ability. I wonder again today, let me ask you another question. How is your faith, and I think this one needs to hit you right in the middle of the heart, how is your faith impacting your ability to live the life that God has ordained you to live. How is your faith impacting your ability to live the life that God has called you to live? Number three, when you expect the best or when you have faith, listen to me, it encourages others. 
We see this in the story here. The Bible tells us when David defeated Goliath, the entire nation of arm, the entire nation, the entire army of Israel gave a great shout of triumph and they chased after the entire these these men had been hiding behind bushes in fear, and one little boy goes out into a battle and he takes down a giant that had an entire nation cowering in fear. Listen to me. Faith in God is contagious. When you have faith, it causes other people people to have faith. I wonder why today we don't have faith. It's because we surround ourselves with negative people. But your faith in God encourages other people. I wonder today, what would happen in our homes? What would happen in this church? What would happen in our school? What would happen in our city if we would get to this level of faith that says, I expect the best. Everywhere I go, I expect God's best. I believe it would change the atmosphere. I believe it would cause us to begin to expect great things from God and then to attempt great things from God. Faith is contagious. Now, I know some of you are probably saying, all right, Pastor Chad, you're, you're fired up. But I have some giants that you don't know about in my life. I get it. I get it. It's hard to have faith when you have giants. It's hard to have faith when you wake up of a morning and you hear the giant taunting you. It's hard to have faith. I know a lot of you are facing some giants that are overwhelming you right now. I know it. It's hard to have faith. And I know a lot of us are thinking, Pastor Chad, I'd love to think the best. I'd love to have this hope that you talk about. I'd love to live with this attitude of expectancy. I'd love to have confident assurance. But Pastor Chad, it's so hard to have faith when things keep going from bad to worse. It's hard, Pastor Chad, and I hear you. But David's life, as you look throughout David's life, not just the story of David and Goliath, but as you look at David's life, we can find some pretty good examples of a man who had faith even when things weren't going the way he wanted them to go. Listen to me. David's life, he didn't only face one giant. He faced multiple giants. You say, I only remember the one story of Goliath. I'm not talking about physical giants. Every giant you face isn't going to be physical in stature. There's some giants that are going to be emotional. Some giants are going to be relational. Some giants are going to be things that you can't even see or put your finger to. But David gives us some pretty good examples in his life of how he increased his faith, even when facing giants. So today I want to give you quickly as we close four ways to increase your faith. I want to give you four ways to increase your faith. Number one, you need to begin to tune into God every morning. Tune into God every morning. We could say it this way, tune into God every day. Some of you are like, I'm a night owl. I'm not a morning person. I get it. I'm more of a night owl. Because I do get old, as I get older, the night gets shorter, all right? But I just want to tell you, I'm beginning to learn in my life when I give God the first part of my morning, before I, before I turn to the news, before I look at the stock market, before I turn on the radio, before I turn on the TV, and I don't do this every day. I don't get it right every day. But you know, I'm beginning to realize the more I start my day with God, 
the better my day goes. Psalm chapter five, verse three, listen to what David says here. In the morning, O Lord. Everybody say that word, say morning. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. Is that saying the only time God hears us is in the morning? No. But I believe when we give God our morning, it sets the tone for our day. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And listen to what he says. And then I wait in expectation. I believe David's faith was increased because he gave his mornings to the Lord. I believe that. And I know for some of you, giving God the first of your morning is tough. I know some of you are busy. I hear it. You have breakfast to make. You have, especially those of you with young kids, you have breakfast to make. You have lunches to make. You have kids to get on a bus when school's going. You have to drive kids to school. Or during the summer, you got to get them to practices or recitals or things you got to do on your own. You got to get to the office. Whatever it is that your busy schedule dictates, I understand that sometimes the morning can be difficult, but I was thinking about this week and I just felt challenged in my heart, and this isn't to throw stones at anybody, but I just kind of thought in my heart, you know what, we talk about how we struggle to give God our morning, but man, we don't struggle to get up at 5 a.m. to go on vacation. Or we don't struggle to get up at 5 a.m. to go work out our physical muscles. But I don't have time to get up a little bit early to work out my faith muscles. Just let that kind of sit there a minute. We don't struggle doing what we want to do when it changes something we want to experience in our own physical life. But if it involves increasing our faith, we struggle with it. Listen to me. If you want to increase your faith, start your day with God. Maybe it's just five or 10 minutes of a morning. I'm not talking about spending 30 minutes an hour. I'm not talking about that. Maybe later in the day when you're more alert, more awake, you can spend more time with God. But I mean, wake up of a morning before you pick up your phone and look at what happened in sports or any of that kind of stuff. Just, God, I'm giving you the first. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to increase your faith, listen to me. If you want it to be done unto you according to your faith, you're going to have to spend quality time with the Lord. And this leads me to my second thought. Not only do we want to give God the first of the morning, if we want to increase our faith, we need to think on God's promises throughout the day. If we want to increase our faith, we need to think on God's promises throughout the day. And I want to challenge you here just a little bit, all right? Don't get angry, don't get upset, but I want to challenge you just a little bit with this one. If you want your faith to increase, not only do we want to spend first things of God, first time with God of a morning, we also want to think of God's promises throughout the day. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the heroes of the faith, crazy faith. Man, this guy had crazy, crazy faith. Some of the things he did concerning his faith just blow me away. I remember reading a story about a lady who came forward with like stomach cancer and he punched her in the stomach and told it to leave. Well, guess what? The cancer left. I'm not, a, I'm not up here saying punch people when they, <laughs> you got cancer? I'm not saying that. But listen to what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I don't often spend more than 10 minutes in prayer, but I never go more than 10 minutes without praying. I'm beginning to learn the value of this. I used to think that I had to spend like my first hour of the day with the Lord, and I try to spend quite a bit of time with the Lord, but I'm beginning to learn my faith grows stronger when I just have pockets of time that I spend without the Lord throughout the day. 
I'm beginning to realize there's times when I just feel the Lord just whisper something in my heart and I'll stop the car, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll sit there and say, Lord, do this. Some of you, you receive texts from me or a message from me on Facebook or social media because they'll be throughout the day and I'll just hear the Lord whisper your name and guess what? I just want you to know that, hey, God's thinking about you. Spend time throughout the day with the Lord. Think about God's promises throughout the day. Listen to what David said in Psalm 119.95. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, listen to what he says, I will quietly keep my mind on your promises. Psalm 119.11, listen to what David said. I bank your promises in the vault of my heart. Did you know that in the Bible there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible, written to you and I. Remember earlier I said, how do we increase our faith? Get in this book. Why? Because there's 7,000 promises in here for you. You need a word from the Lord? Don't sit there and wait for somebody to speak audibly to you. Just get in the word. There's a promise for you right here in his word. It'll increase your faith. There's 7,000 promises in this book written for you to increase your faith. And those promises are there so we can lean on them. But listen to me, here's where I want to challenge you. Too many of us are struggling in our faith because what we're banking in the vault of our heart. Let me say it again. Too many of us are struggling in our faith because of what we're banking in the vault of our heart. Let me ask you, what are you banking in the vault of your heart? I'll tell you what I see the people of God banking in the vault of their heart. TikTok. Facebook. Mainstream news media. We just sit there and we just scroll mindlessly and we read and we watch people dancing and we watch people doing weird things and we read about other people's stories and about their vacations and their problems and their trials. Oh, there's more news about COVID and all this stuff. What are we banking in the vault of our heart? We're banking what the world wants us to see. And we wonder, why am I struggling in my faith? It's because we're banking the latest things you binge watch on Netflix. Some of you, you couldn't take eight hours straight in the Word, but you could spend 12 hours watching a TV show in a row and not even get up to pee. <laughs> but man, you come to church and somehow your bladder shrinks and you can't even sit through a 35-minute message. Hello. I promise you I'm not, I'm not upset, but I'm just sitting here. We wonder why our faith isn't growing. <laughs> It's because of what we're banking in the vault of our heart. We're banking all the what ifs. We're banking sports. We're banking relationships. Why am I struggling in my faith? It's because you're putting everything but God into the vault of your heart. <laughs> Let me say it again. Why are we struggling in our faith? It's because we're banking everything but God into the vault of our heart. And we're wondering, why is my faith struggling? So I want to challenge you. If you really want to see, let me just ask you guys a question. I want you to be honest. If you want to see transformation, spiritual transformation in your home, in your heart, and in your life, I, 
I want, I'm, not, I'm not looking for sheer numbers. I'm just looking, I'm looking to see who is. If you say, Pastor, I really want to see transformation in my home and in my life. Just raise your hand. If you really want to see transformation, you're not just playing games. All right. If you really want to see transformation, let's just try something different. Let's quit doing what we've been doing. If you want to increase your faith, if you want to have less anxiety and more faith, if you want to expect the best, let me just tell you, and I want you to write this down, you need to tune in less to what the world has to offer, and you need to tune in to more what God has promised you. If you want to increase your faith, tune in less to the world and more into the promises of God. Philippians 4.8 tells us, you'll do the best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly. Number three, if you increase your faith, trust in God's love, no matter what's happening around you. If you increase your faith, trust in God's love, no matter what's happening around you. <laughs> David, Psalm chapter 42, listen to what he says. Oh soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Listen to what he says here. Expect God to act. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. I want you to notice something here. David makes this statement. This is a statement of faith. This is not in a highlight real time. David did not just get promoted to king here. He did not just get a new mansion. He did not just get a hundred new followers on social media. He didn't just get another raise. No, this is a low moment in David's life. I can see from scripture he is battling discouragement and depression, but David's faith tells him God will do this. His faith tells him that God is going to move on my behalf. He hasn't done it yet, but I'm expecting him to act on my behalf because he loves me. So what do you do when you're in a difficult situation and it doesn't make sense? What do you do when life is throwing haymaker after haymaker at you? What do we do? Panic? Here's probably the one most of us do. Try to fix it ourselves. Worry? Complain? No, that's not what we do. We trust in the love of God and we expect him to act. Let me tell you a big key to this. Let me give you a big key here. For this to become reality, for you to trust in God and expect him to act on your behalf, you're gonna have to, listen to me, you're gonna have to begin to look at things from God's perspective, not your own. Get your eyes off your mess. Quit focusing on your mess. I'm not saying ignore it. I'm not saying act like it doesn't exist. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying if you continue to look at things from your perspective, it's not going to make sense, and you're going to make a mess of it. But if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, and if you'll look at things from God's viewpoint, if you'll keep God first, I promise you, as Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 tells us, he will direct you and he will crown your efforts with success. Trust in the Lord and he will direct you. I'm getting ready to wrap up. Psalm, I love Psalm chapter 91, verse 14. Listen to what it says. This is one of the best faith passages of Scripture in all the Bible. Listen to what it says. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. 
I'll give you the best of care if you only get to know and trust me. That's the level of faith that God wants us to get to where we cling to him and we trust him and we know him. And number four, and I wrap up, and I want, I want, I want everyone in this room to hear this last one. If you want to expect the best, if you want to increase your faith, number one, you got to begin to talk with other believers. Let me say positive ones. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know And some of you, I can just tell you, I can tell, let's just talk to some of our teenagers even. I can tell from our teenagers who you set by on a Sunday is how you're going to worship on a Sunday. Hello? So what do you mean? I can look across the room on a Sunday morning and I can know spiritual condition based on who you're sitting by. Because there's certain people that you set by when you're feeling full of faith and energy and you worship and I can tell. And then there's other people, this is all of us, adults, kids included, other people we sit by who maybe they're down in their faith and you're down in your faith and you stand there like bumps on a log. Did you know that negative, critical, complaining people can be just as contagious as faith is? Hello, that's pretty good preaching. You want to increase your faith? Hang out with positive, life-giving believers. Don't hang out with people that drag your faith down. There's a verse in the Bible that tells us bad company corrupts good morals. You want to increase your faith? Check the people you hang out with. Check the people you do life with. Increase your faith. The wrong crowd, listen to me, will bring you down. In Psalm 1, David said this, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. Listen to what he says. He won't walk and step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. The Bible is very clear. If you want to be a person of great faith and great expectation, then you need to surround yourself with people who will help your faith grow. Now, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says this. It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, and so one person sharpens the character of another person. I'm not saying don't hang out with non-Christian friends. Not saying that at all. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 how our unbelievers are going to know unless they hear. So you've got to be around them. The Great Commission commands us to go. So we've got to share our faith with non-believers. So I'm not saying that, but I am saying more than ungodly relationships, you need to invest in some strong godly relationships. And one of the best ways we can do this is by being planted in the local church body. Back to the word from Psalm chapter one, verse three. And I close if the worship team wants to come up. In verse one, David says, hey, start hanging out with godly people. In verse three, he says, if, if you do this, if you hang out with godly people, you'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. You want to be blessed? You want your faith to increase? You want God to see your life move? Man, surround yourself with other believers. There is value in godly relationships. There's value to being planted and plugged into the local church body. There's value in it. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check
check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.